0: Please do turn with me tonight to Luke's Gospel, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 4. My text tonight is found in verse 22. It's really just two words, two simple words that almost need no explanation on their own. Luke 4 and verse 22. And all, all the people that heard and saw the Lord Jesus bear that means they gave Him witness. Their testimony when they spoke of the Lord Jesus and went back to their homes was that they wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Well, my title therefore is Christ's gracious words. Words are important, aren't they? Somebody was to describe your speech, what would they say about you? Oh, that's very searching, isn't it? Quick to speak, slow to hear, harsh words, sometimes impatient, impetuous. They speak before they think, or maybe. Their words are so kind, so thoughtful, so full of compassion. When that person speaks, it's as though they connect with an individual's situation. They don't look at the outside, they look at the heart, and they have such tender words. How do you speak? How do I speak? I don't know what you'd say of my words. I don't mean the words up here. The words when you hear me speak, what would we say? Well, let's not think of ourselves. What did they say of the Lord Jesus? Gracious words. Oh, I'd like that to be said of me. I don't think they could. I don't think you could. Not honestly, but of the Lord Jesus. They said, all people that bore witness and heard him And wondered, they said, gracious words, when he speaks a parable, when he preaches, when he picks up the hand of a blind woman, gracious words. Oh, this is delightful to hear. This is our Saviour. This is the one that we lift up tonight. Gracious Words. Those two words, they just stood out to me as I was reading them this week. Gracious words. Words full of love and mercy. Words where he didn't treat the person in the way that they deserved. He didn't look at the person who had rejected him and say, Go away! He brought them nearer. And he went to them. He went to the person that shouted out, and he was gracious. He spoke calm and patient words, I've got no doubt. Words that were so tender, impregnated with love and tenderness. All bear witness. What an insight into the life and the behavior and the conduct and the manner. Of the Lord Jesus, I speak as a parent for one minute. I look back on my life and I think of how often I didn't use gracious words. I think of moments when my children were young and I needed to pick up the hand and not say very much. And instead what came out was not gracious. And yet the Lord Jesus, all, no exceptions, Nobody said he got angry with me. He dealt with me so unkindly. he didn't know my situation. He looked at me in my rags as a leper. He looked at me as a blind person and I couldn't see him, but I heard his tone of voice. No. Gracious words. Gracious words. Well... Was this the verdict of a few people that got to know him well? Is this what the disciples said of him? No. All bear witness and wonder at him. Do you know there are people today, they're great orators, aren't they? We have some, and this isn't political. They make fine speeches. We've heard amazing speeches in this past week. Of all political persuasions, moving speeches, words that strike a chord in your heart and words which are moving, words which are humorous, words which you say, that's right, they've struck a chord. But that's not what they're like at home, is it? That's not what they're like when the two parties or three political parties or four They're going at each other. Far from gracious words then. But this week, that's just been subdued, hasn't it? And there have been gracious words. It's refreshing. No hostility, even in the royal family. Those that maybe were not getting on. And there's gracious, kind words. You come with me. Let's go together. Let's put bygones, be bygones. Let's bury the hatchet. Let's do all those things that we ought to do. Let's put the past behind. But the Lord didn't need to do that. His words were always gracious. That's the way he spoke. People watched him. They watched his every move. They heard his every word. And all bear witness. Do you know, in those days... Touched on this this morning, our preacher. There were frauds, dupes, people that said one thing and did another. Hypocrites, that's what the Pharisees were called and what was characteristic of them. We have them today. People that are just after money. They come and they see a big crowd in a church, in a big stadium, and they can manipulate the crowd. They know when to pause. They know pathos, drama, theatre. But that wasn't the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus never manipulated the crowd. He wasn't a dupe, a duplicate. He wasn't somebody that used his power of words to distort. No, his words were gracious and the crowd knew him. And they saw him. The Pharisees, what a contrast. Do you know, very often the Pharisees would not speak to the Lord Jesus. They went to the disciples. That man, they didn't even have the honesty to go up to him and challenge him. They went to the disciples. Oh, what what a cheap way to conduct yourself. Speaking behind somebody's back. If it needs to be said, if it should be said, we should say it graciously to somebody's face. But they wouldn't, they were double-minded. They went and they counseled against him. They plotted in the, the back streets and they went and held their councils and they said, how can we get rid of this man? And their threats and horrible schemes and Well, we see some of it here, don't we? Look down to the end of our reading. After, we come to the passage in a minute. After he'd stood up to preach and preach such gracious words. We'll look at them. What do they say? They rose up. They got out of their synagogue seats. No doubt the highest ones. And they wanted to thrust him out of the city. They wanted to tip him over the hill like the pigs in the parable. Throw him off the brow of the hill. Cast him down headlong. What hatred. And yet the same men would stand up in the temple and say, Look at me. Look at my clothes. Look at the stripes and the badges and all that goes with my standing. Now they want to kill him because he speaks gracious words. Can you understand? How can that be? The Lord Jesus Christ come from heaven to heal, to restore, to preach good news. And these religious leaders want to kill him. Gracious words. Let's just look at our text again. The first heading, if we have one, is this. Many witnesses. I emphasize it again. This wasn't one section of society. That's what we're like, isn't it? People like us. P-L-U. We like to mix with the people that support the same football club. The people that like trains. The people that dress like us. The people that live on the same street or in the same firm. Not Christ. He gathered the outcasts of Israel. He went to the broken hearted. And every single strand of society. And there were many, just like India and Sri Lanka and Pakistan today, where the remnants of the caste system, 28 levels from the toilet cleaner up to the president. And in the time of Christ, their society was fractured and he reached and spoke and his gracious words were felt. By all and all of them. Many witnesses said. He spoke graciously. Tenderly. Kind words. Many witnesses. Oh no. This isn't just the Conservative Party. The Labour Party. This isn't just the Church of England. This isn't just the people of such and such a club. This is everyone. Honestly, deep down. They said, he spoke gracious words. I don't think the religious leaders said that. They were silent. They went out and plotted, but the generality, the universality of the people, the majority said, we can't, we can't hide. He is gracious. Secondly, look at the transparency, marked transparency. Many witnesses marked transparency my mind goes to what it says in acts 26:26 26, 26, when paul stands up to preach and he says when he's pleading for his life he says having spoken of christ his life his death his resurrection and he says none of these things were done in a corner they weren't hidden There wasn't a stadium that could hold the crowds. How many did he feed? Five, ten, thousand, probably twenty or thirty thousand, including the women and the children. And all of them. It says, with a few exceptions, all doesn't always mean all, every time in the Bible, all, the generality, said He was gracious. No official secrets. No private life and public life, that horrible term. He was the same. Everybody that heard him, he spoke to them directly. He spoke to them one-on-one. They say the Queen, isn't it amazing? 32% of the nation say they have met... Or seen with their own eyes, not the television, the Queen. Isn't that astonishing? Do you know, in this area of Galilee, I'm sure they could say the same. Because everybody wanted to see him, everybody wanted to hear him, and they said gracious words. That's remarkable. Remarkable. Well, let's look at them. Let's come down to what he says. They. Come to the synagogue, that was his practice, and let me tell you what would have happened at the beginning of the service. This verse, in all likelihood, would have been read out. Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. That was usually the beginning of a synagogue service what a grand verse and it was followed by a prayer the congregation would give a hearty amen we know that it tells us in nehemiah the men the women the children they gathered together amen amen they agreed with what the person said that's how we engage sincerely It's not a pious thing to sit there and say nothing. Then there was a reading from the Pentateuch. It would have been in Hebrew, from the first five books of the Bible. Then it would have been translated into Aramaic. And Then another scroll would be bought and they would read from the prophets. And today, in this reading, Isaiah 49 was the scheduled reading. It was done in a scheme. They knew what the reading was week to week to week. And then the appointed minister would stand and explain. Does this sound familiar? It's pretty much what we do, isn't it? Here. We sing glorious hymns and psalms and spiritual songs because Christ has come and we want to name him and lift him up, but we pretty much follow the pattern laid down in the word of God and it's for a reason. So let's just picture for one minute. Here's Christ. Isaiah 49, the scroll is opened up and it's read. He's going to explain it. Let's read it. Verse 18. This is just one verse. This is just a summary. And he would have explained. And here he says, The Spirit, the Holy Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Is that blasphemy? The people are listening. Because he... The Holy Spirit has appointed and anointed and chosen me to preach the gospel to the poor. What a claim. The people are listening. They've been to synagogue week after week all their life from when they were babes. He's claiming to be the one that's chosen. They all knew what that word meant. Anointed, chosen. To preach the gospel to the poor. He's sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's just a summary. Christ stands up. And he says, That's me. I'm the preacher. I'm the chosen one. I'm the anointed one. I'm the deliverer. I'm going to heal the broken hearted. I'm going to give sight to the blind. I'm going to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. That's interesting. A whole year of jubilee. That's what it meant. Those who were slaves, you're free. For a whole year in that particular year that was appointed free but you know it's going to happen on one day but he's speaking of the gospel age Christ came and died on one day but now we're in this jubilee year a year where it's the acceptable year, it means a time, a period of time in your life. The acceptable chosen year. I don't know when that is for you. It might be this year. Might be next year. This year might be the only year that's acceptable. You may not be pleaded with by the Holy Spirit again. And the Lord comes and says, this is the acceptable, appointed, anointed, chosen period of time in which there can be freedom. Let me tell you the gracious words that he spoke. I've just picked out five. They're all here. Gospel. Good news. Oh, we need good news. Death, change, and decay in all around I see. That's our life, isn't it? I'm going to a funeral this week. Somebody's life has ended. A week on Monday, we shall remember a glorious life that's ended. We'll be thankful, I hope. And she lived a long, glorious life in her way. But that's life, isn't it? Birth and death. We went to visit a family this afternoon, three days ago. A little baby born, wonderful. And in the same week, a funeral. That's life. Your appointed time, your anointed year. The acceptable time for God might be one day. Gospel. There's a second word here. It's a joyful word, healing. Do you know the Lord healed tens of thousands of people? Sick people, demon-possessed people, blind people, lepers, the maimed, the disformed, people who had had accidents. People who couldn't walk. But you know this speaks of a greater healing. That disease that is universal. I hope you're well tonight. I hope we can all walk out, see where to go. I hope none of you have leprosy. I'm sure you don't. But just as in those days so many people were afflicted, so today and tonight, we are all afflicted by the disease, the universal disease of sin. And it gets into my life and into your life. And that's why society as it is today, because we're just a planet of sinners. And we need healing. But the Lord has said, He's come. To heal the broken hearted. Are you broken hearted tonight? Some of you are. Your hearts have been broken by other people's sin. But don't think of their sin. Think of your own sin. Let other people think of their own sin. Think of your own sin. Say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Gospel, healing. Healing. Release. That's what the Jubilee was about. Release. The captives can go. You can be set free. You're no longer under a master. A cruel master. Satan. The cruelest master. You're free. No longer addicted to lying. No longer having to steal. No longer having to be a proud woman. No longer a helpless gossip. No longer somebody that divides. You're free. You don't need to live that way anymore. God will give you the strength to be free. To make the choices he wants you to take. And to live the lives that we know we ought to live. Gospel. Healing. Release recovery don't we need recovery we speak of a recovering alcoholic the alcoholic never gets over their addiction they're just not drinking at the moment but you know when you come to Christ you're not a recovering sinner you'll be somebody that's been set free washed clean somebody that doesn't have to sin anymore Because you're no longer chained. A final word, freedom to set at liberty. Given freedom to walk. Those who are bruised, you have an accident, road traffic accident, and you come out black and blue. Do you know that's what the world does to us? It beats us. It hurts us. The sin of others hurts me. It hurts you. I know there's people here tonight. You've been hurt. People have let you down. I can't trust people anymore because they've hurt me. The Lord gives liberty, freedom from the past. I don't have to be bitter. I don't have to get revenge I don't have to be angry. I don't have to say I can't trust people because Christ gives us a gentle trusting heart. And most of all, we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't trust people. Don't trust me. I will let you down. I'll try not to. Don't trust your parents. They're sinners. Trust Christ, the one that heals us. Releases us, recovers us, brings the gospel of good news, and gives us freedom from the past and all the people that have disappointed and let us down. How did the crowds react? Some were wondering. They weren't just wondering; they wandered. They wandered in this in their mind and said, "How can it be? He's just a man." Some were cynical. Do you know what they did? They did what people do. They said, let's ask a question. I won't accept the truth. I won't accept that he is the Messiah. I won't seek him as my Savior. I'll just ask a question. Isn't this Joseph's son? He didn't go to university. He's not a scribe. He's not one of us. How can he come out of Nazareth? And do such wonderful things. That's what we do. We delay. We procrastinate. We spend weeks. Dilly dallying. Waiting. 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 Excusing. Delaying. Asking questions. The Lord says. I've come to preach the acceptable year. For you it might be one day. I hope not. You might have years in God's grace, but maybe not. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord for those Pharisees that were listening to him for maybe the half an hour, the hour that he preached. They had an opportunity. Some of them said, let's go and kill him. Destroy him. Let's ask questions. Let's procrastinate. Look at this astonishing verse as we close. Verse 30. The Lord Jesus reads their hearts. He reads your heart tonight. I can't do that. I don't know if you're delaying, asking questions, excuses. I don't know what's holding you back. But the Lord Jesus looks at them. And there's a man trying to seize his throat. And another man trying to grab him by the feet. Somebody else trying to lift him up, and Christ just goes through the midst of them. Nobody can lay a hand or a finger on him. Because, of course, his time has not yet come. There's to be more time, more gracious words. More opportunities. Will there be for you, my friend? What holds you? What keeps you back? Go before Christ tonight. Get on your knees by your bedside. Pray to him. Plead with him. God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Your gracious words, I don't deserve them. I've heard them again and again. Freedom, liberty, release, Recovery. What will you do? Again? Another week? Another year? When Christ comes in grace and mercy, don't deal with him in the way that you have until now. Deal with him in the way that he's dealt with you. Go to him. Ask him. For forgiveness and he will release you you'll be like a bird freed from the cage you'll be like a prisoner that's chains falls to the floor you'll be like somebody that's been freed from a cruel tyrannical rule you'll never be the same because Christ has come and his gracious words have spoken to your heart and to your soul And you will listen to him. And you will go to him this very night. Let's pray together. Our loving, gracious, heavenly Father, we feel, we hear, we sense the gracious words of Christ speaking to our never-dying soul. Oh, may we not spurn, reject, delay, excuse The words of the Son of God, the second person of the glorious Trinity, dealing tenderly with our soul tonight. May we speak back to him, God be merciful to me, a sinner. We ask in Jesus' name.